So at the moment, we're in the basement of the Wallace household. And if you just go that way, maybe 10 meters, you end up at uh, Wendy's office, which is also known as our guest room. And in that room, we actually have a cupboard. And in, and, there, and there in the cupboard are sleeping bags. There's a tent. Um, there's some camping cots. And there's some sleeping mats. Because, you know, the reason why those things are there, because we as a family love to camp. And I don't mean trailering, uh, where the trailer is nicer than my house. I don't mean that. I mean sleeping in a tent. And I think last year we managed to, to actually get away twice. And we had a great time. Uh, like I said, we love it. But there comes a point towards the end of the camping trip when it's no longer fun. It's that moment when you know that you have to pack up everything um, as well as you can and you somehow have to wedge it back in the car. Uh, which is hard because it seems like during your time away everything has expanded by, by, by 15%. So on the way out, it all packed in the car absolutely perfectly. But then on the way back, it's all that you can do to ram it in and to jam it in and to force it in. Plus, you know that when you get home, you have to get it all out again because um, you have to pack it um, have to pack it away at home and it's also probably raining um, when the tent's being packed up at the end of the camping trip and so you know that you need to put up so you know when you get home you'll have to put up your tent again and uh, so that it can dry out otherwise it will start to smell like mold and as well when you get home you've, you realize that everything smells like a campfire and you feel slightly unclean even though you've had a shower or a dip in the lake most mornings so it's that it's that feeling it's that sense it's that sense of being out of sorts where things aren't quite right and and that that is a thing now germans have this word called heimweh which kind of means homesickness and this heimweh this this kind of feeling out of sorts um stays with you um, right until the moment when you get home and then you get everything unpacked and then everything's repacked and everything's cleaned and everything's sorted and everything's showered and then you can finally relax on your couch watching a movie and that's the moment when the Heimweh, the homesickness leaves. That's the moment when you know that you're home again. Homesickness has been replaced by home. Now think about it, if we didn't experience Heimweh, if we didn't experience homesickness, then we would want to camp all of the time. But we don't because there are some parts of, of camping that are just harder than home life. You know, it's the cooking and the sleeping and the waking and the going to sleep and the showering and the cleaning of the pots and pans and the cleaning of the clothes. Okay, actually every part of camping is harder than home life, right? But, but of course, when we do go camping, or we do go camping because it has many joys, so there's the fresh air, and there's the campfire, there's the stars at night, and there's the s'mores, and there's the walks, and, and, and even the sharing of the experience of the hardships of camping is actually part of what makes it special. But the only way that we can truly enjoy the full camping experience is by knowing that it will one day end that at the end of the camping trip, we can go home. I'd like to invite Wendy up, and she will read to us our passage today, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 8. 
By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Thank you. Okay, so verse 8 tells us that faith caused Abraham to obey and to leave and to go, right? Um, so even when he couldn't see where he was going, faith called him or caused him to say yes to God and to go where God was leading him. Now, we might think, well, that's what folks in the Old Testament did. You know, they went on long journeys and they didn't know where it would end. So that's what Cain did. That's what Noah did. It's what Moses did. It's what it's what Jacob did. It's what Abraham did. Um, they all just liked taking walks into the unknown with their Lord. Now, if we engage our brains for just one second, we would understand that that's actually really silly. You know, it was not normal for them in that time, um, that it was not easier for them than it is for us, uh, it, that, that uh, it was still hard. You know, we wouldn't like it, right? If the Lord came to us and said, okay, leave and go to somewhere where I'll show you. And we're like, where, what, who, why, when? So we wouldn't like it, and I don't think that they necessarily liked it either. Um, and so we, we have this sense, or we know that this call of God on Abraham's life must have really messed up his life, um, like really messed it up in a major way. Because, you know, if you think of your own experience, when you, you go camping, and you're camping for a week, and just all of the preparation that you have to do to ready yourself for it, um, it's mentally exhausting. And it's also physically exhausting. And so what would it look like if you had to pack up your whole home, you know, your, your house and your servants and your family and your livestock and, you know, all of your knickknacks and your trinkets and everything? What would that look like? It would be massive, absolutely huge. <clears throat> now, there's one, one, uh, one, one writer, one commentator who says this. He says, he, he says, travel in the ancient Near East was particularly hazardous. It was really dangerous since it separated a person uh, from his place of protection and exposed him to marauders and thieves. Let me just um, turn this speaker off because it's making a pinging noise. Sorry for that view. There we go. <coughs> Um, since it exposed, um, since it exposed him to marauders and thieves, in this light, the fact that Abraham left Haran and tra and travelled to a land that he did not know is indeed a remarkable act of trust in God. Now, I wonder if you were to look at your life right now, um, if if you're truly honest, I wonder how many of you would say that you have no way of knowing where you are going. Okay, now what I know is that for some of you, some of you have just been laid off or your parents have just been laid off and some of you are afraid of being laid off. My grandma over in the UK, she's just got a letter from the government uh, saying to her that she's confined to her house for the next 
three months. This is her reality. Um, we've, you know, we've, we've, we've just laid off staff um, here at Cornerstone. We've had uh, millions of folks all over the country who are, who are all wanting employment insurance right now. So, 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 so things are strange. Our, our, our time is strange. Um, uh, we don't know what is next you know, if we're truly honest. And so I'd like Wendy to share with you um, a friend's post on Facebook that I read, and I thought this sums up really well um, what's, what's sort of going on in all of our lives at this moment. They say, I find it unbelievable when I consider how our lives have changed in just two weeks. Two Saturdays ago, I was at the gym. We did a song where you all had to run around in a circle and then the circle closes as you all run inwards toward the center where the instructor is. The instructor shouted, whoa, two meters, folks, and was totally joking. We all laughed. Then, you better work out hard this morning in case I don't see you for the next three weeks. Ha ha ha, another joke. It was the first day of March break. Then, one day later, boom, gym closes up and everything else, no more jokes. Everything got really serious, really quickly. Think about where you were two weeks ago. Incredible how life has changed so drastically in such a short time, astonishing. Um, so on Tuesday, the, the Prime Minister of India announced that the country was under lockdown to slow down the, the spread of the coronavirus. So since that moment, since Tuesday, uh, one third of the, world's, of the world's population is now under some sort of a lockdown. That's more people than were alive to witness World War II, so says Science, Science Alert website. That's more people who are under lockdown right now than were, than were around during World War, II. World War II. And there's no end in sight. This number will grow and grow and grow. Now, we've, we've heard this saying that the only thing that's certain in life is that nothing is certain, right? We've, we've heard that and perhaps you've even said it. Now, this saying is actually taking on to a whole new level of meaning now. Um, because as a human race, not just as a country um, or as a continent, but as a whole human race, we're, we're being forced to, to, uh, to um, change um, in levels that we've never had to before, sometimes on a daily basis, sometimes even on an hourly basis. And, we, and, 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 and our job as, as humans you know, is, to, is, to, is to see how we can get used to that. Um, and so folks are scared. Folks are scared to visit family. Folks aren't hugging anymore. People aren't shaking hands. People aren't um, going on holiday really anymore. People aren't planning for the future much. Um, and so we're in this moment now where all of these consistencies and these things that we knew were safe and secure and all of these timetables and all of our schedules and all of our expectations, well, they've been thrown up in the air right now and they haven't landed yet. Those uh, things that, that we've anchored ourselves to have loosened off and now they're floating. Our investments, our retirement plans, our jobs, our homes, those things that we thought were a foundation of cement, we're now finding out is nothing but a guy rope and a tent peg. Friends, God is the only foundation who is unshakable. Um, and so, Whenever we set up 
um, these other things as our security or our foundation or our safe place rather than God. What we're doing is we're exchanging cement foundations for a tent peg. Um, you know, and, and so what God's call on us is the same as it was for his, his uh, servant servant Abraham. He's called us to live as strangers in a foreign country. This is not our true home. Our true home comes later. This has always been true, but, but normal life with its uh, schedules and activities and noise somehow has, has, has maybe crowded out that truth that this is not our real home. And so we forget. We forget that we are living in tents, that we're living in a campsite, that all of this is merely temporary. Now, you know that moment when you're, you know, when you're away from home and you're in a bed that's not yours and then you wake up and you're not sure where, you know, where you are, right? It's that moment of going, uh, what, who, what, you know, it's that, it's that moment where you're really confused and then you remember where you are, right? Oh yes, here's where I am. Well, sometimes we have to be reminded that we aren't home yet and maybe this means you know, the pain of stubbing our toe on a tent peg as we walk around that, that we are reminded that we are living as strangers in a foreign country. And this, but this realization is painful. It's scary, scary sometimes. It can feel like suddenly we're waking up from, from, um, from really deep sleep. Uh, we aren't sure where, where we are. We are disorientated. Oh yeah, I'm camping. I forgot. Right now, if nothing else, what um, going camping, what going camping does is it nurtures in me an appreciation for home. Right, it's worth going camping sometimes, just so that at the end of it, you can come back and go, oh yes, home. Right, um, and uh, you know, and so when we camp, um, we. Uh, we recognize that that tent is not our accommodation plans for the rest of our life. No one hopes to, to retire in a tent. And here's, but, but here's the thing, is that our, our, um, um, our skill to enjoy the experience of living in a tent increases as we remember that one day we will actually pack it up and we will exchange it for our permanent home. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1 says this, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And so, uh, speaking about, uh, about Abraham, this writer of Hebrews expressed it like this. He said, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and whose builder is who? His God, right? Hebrews 11, verse 10. So, uh, you know, make that link here um, that, 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 that um, yeah, his ability to live fruitfully and meaningfully as a stranger in a foreign country was absolutely linked to his looking forward to a city with with foundations. He could endure this because he was looking forward to that. 
you know, to word it in a different way, he could deal with the limits and the discomfort of camping because he knew that one day he would go home. Going home is what makes camping actually bearable. It's the hope of a future home that makes present hardships livable. Amen? This is what faith is. And so the writer of Hebrews words it like this in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we, we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Faith is both confidence and assurance. Faith is something on the inside. Faith is, faith is a choice which we make. And faith is rooted in what we hope for and what we don't see right now. Okay, so if we go back to camping, my faith to keep camping is rooted in the knowledge that a permanent home address exists. That, that uh, knowing that I have a stable address, an unchanging location that is home, even if that place isn't here, that lets me make the most of my temporary stay in this, in, in this, um, in this campsite, in this tent. So what would it look like, right, if... If if we did not have a um, if we did not have a home address, if we didn't have a place to leave to at the end of our camping trip, do you think that we could truly enjoy our camping trip? No, because we would be constantly worried about what's next. We would be we would be worried about where we will live. We would see small rips in the tent, and we would feel those stones under the ground sheet, and we would lose it. We would hear the neighbours talking loudly and we would actually have a breakdown if we knew that, that we could never leave that campsite. And so friends, right now, lots of your friends are experiencing this right now. They are worried and, they are, and their nerves are frayed and they are nervous and, and they are scared. And rightly so, because they think that their tent pegs are foundations. Because they think that this is all that there is. And when this is all that there is, when this gets shaken or taken away or removed, then what's left? But... Faith in Christ tells me that I have a home, that I have a hope, even though I haven't seen it yet. And this future hope is rooted in what Jesus has already done on our behalf, as Nathan talked about last week. Our hope is in Jesus, our high priest. You know, um, we have this hope as an anchor for, for, for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has, has entered on our behalf. So faith is confidence in what we hope for, a hope that anchors our soul to Jesus in the past and, and lets us look ahead with hope and with excitement and with anticipation that this same Jesus who entered, entered the Holy of Holies uh, for us, who then pulls us into God's presence, as Nathan told us last week. He's also preparing for us a room in his father's home. He says this, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me that, that you may be where I am. John 15 verse 3. And so our future hope isn't just a location. It's a person, our, it's a person who's getting our true home ready for us, us in this city with, which has foundations. Jesus is our foundation of 
future hope. And so knowing this, what is our response? Well, just, just, just like we, we read in Hebrews 11, just, just, just like Abraham, we are now free to make our home like a stranger. Okay, we are free to make our home like a stranger. Yes, we can make our home and we should make a home. Um, you know, we shouldn't be like those people who are so focused on future hope, on heaven, that they just want to leave this world and go there, right? That's, that's not what God's calling us to. We, we are called to make a home here on earth. Um, which, which means that we should be part of our community, which means that we should be uh, working on creating meaningful relationships, even during this time of, of social isolation. Um, a, a, uh, someone I know shared, shared recently on Facebook how she typed a letter to each of her neighbours saying who she was and um, asking if they wanted to, to join a WhatsApp group for their neighborhoods and since then she started new conversations and new friendships with those around us her who she didn't know up until that moment right so so having that hope and living as strangers in a foreign land is so important um let us hold unswervingly to the hope we we profess for he who who promises is faithful let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews chapter 10. Friends, memorize that verse. Uh, you know, let it sink into you, you know, so that you can hold unswervingly onto this hope that you have in Christ. Because he who promised, he is absolutely faithful. You know, our hope uh, in the faithfulness of God's promise um, it it really gives us a hope and a back uh, a hope and a backbone and a confidence in the middle of the storm because we are anchored to Jesus's finished work. Um, we have that hope and we have a confidence. Um, and then this next verse, um, after saying, "Let us hold unswervingly to the hope," says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another one another on toward love and good deeds, not not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Unswervingly holding on to the gospel hope results in us spurring each other on. So as we are encouraged in Christ, we encourage each other and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Think about him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And so we are to make our home, absolutely, but we are to do it like strangers, understanding that we're citizens of heaven, that, that, that our true and our, perp, our, our permanent home is not yet here, that we are living in a campground. And this, and this joy that is there helps us or lets us um, live through and, uh, um, and, and, and brings meaning to, to these struggles of life which we are going through now. Um, 
right? Uh, it, what does it say? It says in um, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet, yet inwardly we are, we are being renewed day by day, for our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary. This is our campground, but what is unseen is eternal. So true hope, it never makes light of the struggles that we are going through. But, but, but it also grabs hold of this hope of the reality of what is ours through, through Christ. And so, you know, remember that, that we, can, uh, we can more enjoy this experience of living in our tent, living in this campground, if we remember that one day uh, we will exchange it for a permanent home. And so once we've um, made a choice in our hearts, to to uh, live in this in in this country in this world like strangers in a foreign land we can then raise children who know how to make their homes like strangers who who will then in turn raise children who can make their home like strangers uh so and, and so our example right now in this hard time sets up a generational chain reaction that will impact our children our, and our grandchildren you know uh, uh, you know as we read in Hebrews 11 verse 9, it says, Abraham lived in tents, as did Isaac, as did Jacob. So it wasn't just him. It was his son and it was his grandson. They all lived in tents. Three, three generations of people who knew what it is to camp here on earth. And so Isaac was raised as a camper, viewing this world like a campsite and because he was raised as a camper he could raise his son as a camper three generations of faithful hopeful families who were looking forward to the city whose architect and whose builder is god and they are our spiritual ancestors and so god is also calling us to make our tent to set up our tent here in this world and to raise children who view this world as a campsite uh, that uh, that that we would make the most of it, that we would enjoy it, uh, that we would really make a difference, and then we will go home. And so this this season right now, and you know, I'm I'm really speaking to the parents' lives and the grandparents' lives uh, now um, that you have the chance now to show your children and your grandchildren what living faithful, hope-filled lives looks like because we are we are looking forward to our true home we can make our home as strangers right while we wait well, while we wait for that moment when we will go home to that place where our true citizenship lies okay as i wrap up i want you to think about uh think back to what i said about camping at the beginning of this message um you know, because the natural part or that natural moment at the end of the camp trip is to say, I want to go back to how things were, you know, home, right? Um, but during this, this time of social isolation, I think God's showing us actually something rather different. He's showing us that what we thought was a way of life with foundations is actually nothing more than living in a campsite. 
so so our so we've learnt that our jobs they they are temporary. We've learnt that our social circles they are temporary. We've we've learnt that our health, um, you know, won't last forever, and uh, our nation's leaders won't last forever. Um, that our freedoms won't last forever. All of this is merely temporary, merely tent pegs. And it's and it's like in this time God is prizing our hands off these of these things of these temporary things and he's and he's inviting us to experience a new normal that he's showing us that these things that we thought were were were, were substantive and foundational are nothing more you know than a temp peg now these aren't wrong things necessarily but they're only temp pegs and when you go camping you you don't mistake tent pegs for actual cement foundations and yet through this time of the coronavirus uh, we've learned that maybe we have done exactly that in you know in our lives uh, you know there's this pastor um, who who wrote wrote this as a tweet he said this if we pastors and our churches if 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 we get through this only to return to normal with a sigh of relief but without repentance and without prayer and without any courage then we will have wasted our historic moment then what more will the lord have to do to shake us awake right so what would have happened if God, after calling Abraham, if he'd then never moved past longing for um, his old home? If he'd, if, what, what, what would have happened if he'd have spent his whole life thinking, I miss Haran, I miss Haran, it was awesome there, I really liked it there. Um, friends, we must not waste this chance thinking about what was um, instead, I ask you to seriously consider what is next on God's faith journey for you and for your family in our church journey, in our home journey, in, in, in our personal journey. Where is God leading you to next? Where is he leading you to now? Is there something that, that you thought was foundational, that it was solid and it's trustworthy, but God's now revealing that it was nothing more than a tent peg? Um, what is God prizing your hands away from? Things that weren't right, uh, weren't wrong necessarily, but are nothing more than idols in your life. Maybe it's time for you to learn what it is to make your home as a stranger in a foreign land. Um, and so what if God's inviting us at the end of this not to return back to what was normal, but he's inviting us to move towards a new normal where we're, where we're aiming towards our home, uh, which will never, never leave, never be shaken. What if in this season, God's asking you to um, start practicing what it means to live in light of eternity so that when it's over, you refuse to settle for, for, for going back to your old normal but instead God leads you onto this new normal making your home like a stranger in a foreign country looking forward to the city whose foundation with, with with foundations whose architect is God and whose builder is God let me close with Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13 Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13 says this all these people were still living by faith when they died they did not receive the things promised 
They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance as they admitted that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. And then verse 14 says, says, people who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, then they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them.